asked Mahe to learn this song, and the band got it, and they were able to do it. And for some of you, I know that this uh, brings you back to this nostalgic place uh, where you want to, like, dance around and maybe get your umbrellas out and run through the fountain uh, in wherever the fountain you find yourself in. Others of you have no idea what Mahe just played. Some of you might have vaguely seen some Friends shows show up here and there on Netflix because you're too young and you've only streamed things at various times. But if you didn't know what you just heard, you heard the theme song to uh, the TV series Friends. Uh, it, it was a series that was really popular in the 90s and early, two, early 2000s. And um, it was an opportunity uh, that this group, eclectic group of people gathered together, um, kind of journeyed into life, and they found themselves over and over again in coffee shops and over and over again in different scenarios and different lives. And, and each episode was titled The One With or The One That or, you know, The One With the COVID-19 uh, pandemic that we find ourselves in is the episode you're currently watching, if you were wondering. Um, but it, for those of us who remember this series, Friends, uh, we know that there's something about this series that we longed for. Uh, this, and some of us, when we were in college or in various times in our life, have found this moment when we're like in proximity with each other and, you know, we have, you know, kind of going in and out of each other's spaces and lives and literally just doing life together. It was a really transparent window into this uh, unique clique of friends where they were able to share life together in its ups and its downs. And, and we learned about their quirky personalities, and each one had a different one, whether it's Phoebe and her you know, kind of bizarre, like, hippie sort of uh, ideas that she had about things, or so uh, those of the people that are also like to clean and be like Monica and cook and really type A and all over the place. And then there's um, Ross, who just, you know, kind of is a little anxious and, you know, always kind of diving into the details and different things. And, of course, all the other characters that we have grown to know and love and perhaps you have identified yourself with over the years if you've seen this show. Uh, so I invite you during this time when we're at home and, you know, stuck behind our TVs sometimes to kind of relive some of the Friends episodes, but we're not going to necessarily draw you to specific ones because we know not, not everyone um, is a Friends fanatic like I am, and I know some of our uh, worship and staff are here at the church. And so, um, but maybe you can kind of go back to memory lane or see what all the fun is about during this season. It, it was a kind of a, an interesting topic. I had planned this sermon series uh, months ago um, some of you know that I, I work in partnership with Sarah Heath, who we've done a number of series alongside her books. She's a pastor at Costa Mesa First in Costa Mesa. Um, it's the United Methodist Church. And, and we plan our sermons together because we found that if we uh, brainstorm together and pray together and plan together, it ends up being uh, better for both of us. And so um, I talked about this series that I was formulating around uh, the friends theme, right, where we would uh, do each week um, and kind of focus on different components of what it means to be a friend. And um, we're texting back and forth and calling each other about a couple weeks ago and just wondering, is this still applicable when the reality that we find ourselves in is that we can't be in proximity with our friends? Like, friendship has totally changed and community has totally changed. And, um, and we thought, we prayed, and, you know, talk to different people, and we've come to the conclusion that we think that now is a really good time to be focusing on friendship, to be digging deeper into what does it mean to be a friend, to have a friend, to be in Christian community together. 
Because the framework of how we've seen community or been in community in the past has been changed, but I don't necessarily mean, I think it means that we can't have it. And, so, and there's two things that I want to explore throughout this series, and, and one is how can community look different? So how can you be in community during this time? But then another is that I want us to explore also how we can go deeper in community and what it means to be a friend. And we, as we focus on that, perhaps we can use this time of, uh, of respite, of proximity, where we can be more intentional when we're able to spend time together. So I, I hope that this series will inspire us to figure out new ways of being community even when we can't be physically present with one another. And then I also hope that it will help us re-examine what it means to be in community and to be a friend so that we can be better at it when we're finally able to gather together in person. And, and this week, I think it sets the stage for a, a fundamental component for what it means to be a friend, I think. And that's in the story of Doubting Thomas, which I personally love this story. I mean, kind of like the Friends episodes, I find myself, uh, you know, placing myself in the character of Thomas with the doubts and uncertainty. And, and at other times, I found myself at, as one of the disciples and on looking at Thomas who's questioning. And, you know, it's just such a beautiful text to explore and to think about the various dynamics, whether it's from Jesus's perspective or Thomas's perspective or from the disciples' perspective. And so we could go on an entire sermon series on a number of tangents, and one could be how amazing it is that Jesus finds a place for our doubts, and I think that that's part of it. But more important to me this time isn't necessarily the doubts specifically as much as it's the way that Jesus creates a space for Thomas. See, I believe that community done well and also friendship authentic friendship, makes a space for the other to, in fact, be, well, the other. And, and what better way than to think about doubting Thomas, who, you know, the disciples had all gathered up together in that upper room after the resurrection, and they, they were afraid of what was going to happen. Perhaps they were afraid that the Jews were going to come and out them and that send them off to the Roman officials because they thought maybe that the Jews thought that they stole the body of Jesus or something. And so they were, they were worried. They didn't know what to do next. And then Jesus shows up to them, and he proclaims to them, peace be with you. It's a phrase that we have inherited within the church to do every Sunday when we gather, at least at this United Methodist Church, is we proclaim the peace of Christ to one another. Here in Hawaii, we also say aloha, and we talk, and we chat, and we fellowship. And so if you're at home, and if you're on Facebook or on Vimeo, I invite you now to do just that. You can talk and chat, and I can keep talking. It's okay if you're distracted a little bit, and you can say hi to the other people that are watching live with us this morning. But the thing is, is that Jesus makes a space and proclaims peace to those fearful disciples. And if you think about the disciples in general, it's kind of funny to think about that because it kind of does mirror this eclectic group in these Friends series, this Friends TV show is that you have a tax collector with um, Jews that have grown up their whole life as Jews, some that have been uh, fishermen, and some that were just like trades workers, kind of like Jesus. And this eclectic group of people gathered together and became tight-knit 
with one another. Authentic friendship. And, and this is just the disciples. We obviously know that there's many of women that were part of that inner circle, and they were part of the faithful group, especially Mary Magdalene, Mary, mother of Jesus, and, you know, the women that came to the tomb at the end. But the thing is, is that they were doing life together. And just like when we kind of get that image of friends where it has that purple door with the gold kind of frame and then the peephole, we get an, a, a, a view into the life of that authentic community. We get a view into the life of that community of the disciples after the resurrection. In that upper room, fearful, Jesus comes and meets them there as they are. And then Thomas, who happened not to be there, didn't believe it and and wouldn't believe it unless he himself saw Jesus. See, I'm a a skeptic at times. Um, If you've ever been in a Bible study with me, you'd probably know that I ask a lot of questions. I have since I became a Christian, um, and I think it's an important component. Uh, uh, Like I said, uh, another sermon could be about how questions and doubts draw us closer to God. But Jesus doesn't just leave the disciples there and Thomas and his questions. But he comes back, perhaps knowing that Thomas needed to see him, and he meets him there. And although he has the phrase at the end, blessed is those who don't see and believe, he doesn't lead with that, right? I mean, instead he leads with this empathy for Thomas. This authentic realization that Thomas's experience, Thomas's doubts, his disbelief were welcome in that space. Jesus offers peace to the one who didn't even believe that he had risen from the dead. And then invites him on Thomas's terms, not on Jesus's terms, to enter back into that relationship. With Christ, to believe. And you know, Thomas wasn't like a, a peripheral character. He was part of the inner circle. Other times within the Gospel of John, I mean, he's the one driving forward and excited to be by Jesus' side. He's a faithful disciple with a unique personality. You are a faithful disciple, a faithful child of God with a unique personality. And God invites us into that space and proclaims to us, peace be with you, to all of us, and invites us to be our authentic selves in community with God. But for a moment, let's think about friendship and community. I think one of the things that I've reflected on is that at times in our lives, we find ourselves in this sort of pendulum swing of connecting and being friends with other people. And there's times when we find ourselves as uh, giving to a friend in need, perhaps someone who's going through a hard time that just needs a shoulder to cry on or needs some guidance for uh, what to do next or what career path they need to go on or someone who just calls and just needs to vent about the kids going crazy or someone who um, just needs a little bit more support and help. And, and, and that's an important component of friendship is the giving. But just as important as that component is the opportunity for that same friend to reciprocate that, to give back to you. And I, and I think about that because I think about what are the friendships that you have 
that you need to invest in because one, you want to give yourself to that person, but then also because they make that space for you to be you. It's not just about them. I think that that's the beauty about the episode, friend, or about the series, friends, is that every kind of, it kind of ebbs and flows throughout the episodes of who's more needy than others, but ultimately that song that Mahe played comes true, and that's the theme of the entire series, which is, I'll be there for you when the rain starts to fall. And that's a, a song that they sing to one another over and over again throughout the series. I'll be there for you. It's not, you'll be there for me, or I'll only be there for you, and you're never going to return the favor, although it might feel like that sometimes with friends. But we find ourselves kind of in this time when we're isolated. And the thing is, though, is that we've known that we've felt isolated for years and years, haven't we? I mean, it was, I think it was like five or ten years ago that um, Pope Francis said the, the greatest epidemic in the world is loneliness. That despite all the ways of staying connected, we have found ourselves more lonely than ever in, in hoping to find authentic friendship. And we get in these routines and we get in this hustle bustle of life of going into work and our commutes and a home life and all the variety of clubs and different things that we've gotten connected to post-retirement. And we've gotten into this routine so much that we lose ourselves and we lose these meaningful true, authentic friendships. And that sometimes they become kind of one way on that pendulum. Either we're only going to people to vent and get something out of them just because we're so exhausted from life, or we find ourselves just giving and giving and giving and never an opportunity to return, that there's no peace space being created for us. And so during this time, I mean, what better of a time to reflect on life, to think about those meaningful friends that we have and and to say, who are those ones that kind of have that sense of mutuality, who create that space for me and even in my doubts and my hard moments in life? Who are the people that let me be Thomas like Jesus let Thomas be Thomas? And and just because we find ourselves in these at-home orders does not mean that you cannot find it. I I know that I was going throughout my week last week and, you know, preparing for Sunday morning and doing the various things, making calls to different people and kind of getting ready. We're trying to get, uh, you know, financial SBA stuff in order. But I was going throughout my week and I got a text message on Wednesday from uh, one of my uh, best friends from high school. His name is James. And he, he texted me and he said, hey, join us on this Zoom call. Later to find out that all of my closest friends from high school, who I, I rarely get to see because they're in Minnesota, um, but they were on a Zoom call, and every 40 minutes they go on new calls because, you know, Zoom cuts you off with the free edition every 40 minutes. And so they had invited me into that Zoom call, and there I was, like, so surprised. I thought it was just this random one because it was, like, 11.30 their time. And I was like, uh, but I joined the Zoom thinking, oh, nothing's going to be happening. We just finished dinner here at our house. And, and there all of my friends from high school were. And, and, and even some of the ones that I had lost contact with that I, I wasn't able to kind of keep track of because life happens. And, and I had a moment of just life-giving friendship 
that I got to go back to that place and remember that place. And it was just so filling for me to have that. And I was so thankful that James invited me into that group. And then, and then he even said, you know, Brian, I've been watching your sermons, which was hilarious for me because, you know, like, We've just grown up together, and so I don't see myself in that role. But he had been watching sermons online, and he, in fact, I found out from my wife that his wife texted a picture of me up on the TV screen, or well, messaged a picture of me up on the TV screen in their home. What a beautiful opportunity amidst all of this chaos for resurrection friendships. And, and I'm excited and looking forward to getting back together with them when they gather again on Wednesday. Who is it that you want to connect to? Who is it that you can make space for? True friendship allows us to be who we are, to be children of God. True friendship creates that space like Jesus created for Thomas. Space that you see over and over again in the series, Friends. I invite you during this time to find that community, to press into it, to make it happen even amidst all of this craziness, even if it's in strange ways. And that's my prayer for us, really, is that amidst all of this isolation, we can find authentic community and press deeper into those friends and experience God's love in whole new ways.